Thanks for tuning in to the Southern Way Hunting Podcast on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Josh Raley, and on this show, you'll hear hunting tactics, stories, and strategies from hunters across the South. Our aim is to sharpen our skills as hunters and outdoorsmen, become more efficient and effective in pursuit of our craft, and even have a little fun while we're at it. And of course, no matter the pursuit, we focus on doing things the Southern way. Welcome to episode one of the Southern Way Hunting Podcast, the inaugural episode, the launch, whatever it is you want to call it. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm fired up to be doing this. Uh, If you don't know who I am, my name is Josh Raley. I've been hosting a couple of different shows on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network for some time now. I am the host currently of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, the How to Hunt Deer Podcast, and now the Southern Way Hunting Podcast. We're going to be making some changes soon. Uh, you may, if you've caught some of our other shows, know that about a year ago, I moved down from Wisconsin to Georgia. Now, I'm originally from the Deep South, originally from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, grew up hunting Mobile, Washington, Clark, Wilcox County, way, way, way down south, southern Alabama. Uh, moved from there, hunted in Louisiana for, man, eight years or so. Made a couple of trips during that time frame, obviously, to hunt, uh, you know, Mississippi, hunted Georgia a little bit, especially South Georgia. So I have been blessed to hunt across the Southeast, uh, mostly in the state of Alabama, but, you know, kind of spread out all around. And I've gotten a good taste throughout the years of different Southern hunting cultures. So I've gotten the, uh, you know, small suburban track near Birmingham that I used to hunt. I've got experience in an old school deer camp. I've got experience in you know, kind of a newer flavor of a hunting lease. I've hunted the swamps. I've hunted the piney woods. I've hunted the hardwood hills and hollers. And so I am fired up to finally be able to focus again on, you know, what feels like my home turf. You know, I spent three years in Wisconsin. And while that was fantastic and it was amazing, and yes, if you are a southerner and you want a high-quality rut hunt, I highly recommend you make a trip at least some point in your life to go to the Midwest because the rutting action that you're going to see there is just totally different than what you're going to see here in the South. But there is nothing like hunting here at home in the South. Now, a couple of things I just want to note before we jump into this very first episode. First of all, you may be thinking to yourself, what the heck? I thought this was the uh, the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I did not know that I was subscribed to the Southern Way. How did you get into my podcast feed? Well, you're right. This used to be the RSS feed for the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Uh, Parker McDonald, excellent host, lives not too far across the state line from me here. Parker has done a fantastic job for us over the last several years. He's now struck out kind of doing his own thing with the Southern Collective and doing really, really good work there. But we did want to keep this Southern feed alive. We didn't want to let this wither on the vine, so to speak, because as you likely know, the Midwest gets a lot of representation in hunting and outdoor media, and we didn't want to lose what we had been building here over the years as an outlet to cover all things southern hunting. Now, on this show, we're going to talk deer hunting, we're going to talk turkey hunting, we're going to talk hog hunting, we're going to talk fishing, we're going to talk about all the things that make the South so incredibly great. I've got some guests lined up here in the next couple of weeks. I've got some public land hunters who like to make trips to the Midwest. i got a guy who's already killed a buck in Florida. Already killed a hardhorned buck 
in Southern Florida. I cannot wait to get that episode out to you guys. Uh, I've got a guy from South Carolina coming on who's already killed a velvet buck this year. We're going to be talking about hunting the Blue Ridge Mountains uh, and some of these mountain bucks with a guy. We've got a lot of great content coming down the pike for you. But in this first episode, uh, I had my brother, Mr. Dan Johnson, on. You may recognize Dan from the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. He is the uh, the emperor, the owner, the CEO of the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network. And I wanted to have him on first just to talk about the transition, right? Like, what the heck happened? What's going on? Where did this new podcast come from? And where we hope this thing is going to go here in the next couple of weeks, months, and years as we continue to bring you high-quality content that is relevant for you and for your hunting situation. Now, one weird thing about this episode. So I recorded this podcast episode about four weeks ago at this point. And at that time, this show had the working name, what we thought we would launch it as, of the Southern Roots Hunting Podcast. That was going to be awesome. It was going to have, you know, a nice ring to it, Southern Roots. But it was also, in a way, me getting back to my southern roots. Like I said, I spent the last three years in Wisconsin, moved back down here to Georgia. I'm going to be handing off the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast here in the next couple of months, allowing uh, a guy who's going to be my co-host to take that thing over. And so this show is really an opportunity to return to my roots, but uh, a tricky little thing called trademarks. Uh, So I was not able to actually use the name the Southern Roots Hunting Podcast, but we thought, you know what, the Southern way, because that's really what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about doing things the Southern way, because as you know, if you spend any time hunting outside of the South, a lot of the tactics that you see portrayed in hunting media, whether it's out West, in the Midwest, in the Northeast, whatever it is, a lot of the tactics that you see portrayed in hunting media simply do not work here in the South, or they work but they take some serious tweaking and modifications to make them work for our Southern scenarios. So stick around for this week's show and make sure you tune back in with us next Thursday. Again, this is going to launch every single Thursday morning. So make sure you tune back in with us next week right here on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first episode. I'm your host, Josh Raley, and I've got my buddy, the nine-fingered wander. Mr. Dan Johnson on the line. Dan, how's it going? It's going good, man. I'm uh, I'm happy to be here for this. We'll call it a bridge episode, right? Where yeah, we're bridging people from one brand over to another, and uh, there's uh, there's going to be a little change. There's going to be some 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 things that are going to be different. Some things that are going to be the same. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this ne- the next chapter of this particular uh, this uh, podcast feed. Yeah, man. And speaking of you know a, this being a bridge episode, it's a bridge from one brand that over the last couple of years has been, uh, if you're an outdoor podcast listener in the South, yep. a brand that's been pretty iconic. Yeah. Uh, for Southern deer hunting, I mean, yep. really paving the way for a lot of Southern deer content because. You know, before Parker was doing his thing, there wasn't a lot of it out there. Right, right. Uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why when I, like, I believe this is how the whole timeline went down. I brought Parker on the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast to talk about Southern deer hunting and, and basically Southern hunting in general. And I liked him so much uh, and, and clicked with him really that... I wanted to, 
I wanted to have his voice on the network that you know that I was creating, and I I think that Parker was one of the, I want to say one of the top five, the first five podcasts that came on the network, and he did an absolutely amazing job repping the South, repping um, you know the the Southern culture, the the Southern outdoors way of life, and things like that, and and although I'm ha- I, I'm 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 sad in a way to see Parker go on to do something great. Fully support it. Good luck to Parker and, and the rest of the crew that uh, that he's building and, and what he's going to do. Um, and Southern Ground was an awesome first step in in what he was doing, and I, I'm really happy to have that content uh, on the the Sportsman's Empire. But I'm also really excited because I know you're a Southern boy too, and yeah. uh, and so. Parker grew up, I believe, in Texas, but you grew up yep. in Georgia, right? I grew up in Alabama. Alabama, okay. So, yep, right. yep. So we're in Georgia now. Yeah, and so, and and here's the debate, though. Some people classify Texas as Texas, and some people say that Texas is part of the South. So depends on who you talk to. I don't know, as a, as a true Southerner, is Texas part of the South or is Texas Texas? Man, as a as a true, I mean, I grew up in South Alabama, right? Yeah. So I feel like if anybody can speak to what's Southern, uh, I feel like if you grew up in South Alabama, like you, you pretty much earned the right to speak to it. So, uh, <laughs> in my opinion, I think we'll take the eastern part of Texas, okay, because it looks a lot like the South. But once you start getting further west, I feel like that's just its own thing. Its own thing. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So there is it a, really is there is a little bit of crossover. Uh, past the border of Louisiana into Texas, but then it fades away and it's something completely different. Right. If you're traveling, let's say you're traveling east to west into Texas. As soon as the pine trees stop, that's when the South stops. Okay. In my opinion, like that, that's where I, that's about where I draw the line. Gotcha. So about a quarter of Texas is the South. Yeah, we'll take them. All right. We'll take them. And definitely not Austin. (laughs) Definitely not. Here we go. Way to kick it right off. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this was a great great podcast. Now it's over. So exactly. uh, yeah, we're just going to start awesome. excluding people right away. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No. Well, man, we will. I, I think there's a lot that Texas does bring that is very similar to the Southern hunting culture. Yep. Things like gigantic leases and what we call down here hunting clubs. Yep. Um, you know, we don't really talk about it like, Hey, I'm heading to the lease. We talk about it like, Hey, I'm heading to the hunting club this weekend. And they look all kinds of different ways. But you know, what I grew up with, what a lot of folks grew up with is you've got a a leased chunk of land, probably from a paper company or a timber company. Mm -hmm. And you've got, you know, six, seven, eight, 20 different, uh, for me growing up, it was campers and mobile homes all in the kind of front parking lot area or the front road of the uh, of the hunting camp. And, you know, we had 20, I think 22 or 24 guys and 3,600 acres of pine uh, plantation and then uh, what they call SMZs or streamside management zones throughout. And to me, that's kind of the, I guess that's the southern hunting that I grew up with. Yeah. And as I've expanded, so now I've hunted Alabama, I've hunted Louisiana a good bit, I've hunted Georgia, I've hunted some in Mississippi, and I'm noticing the culture is a lot bigger than that, yeah. and there's more to it than just the, the, the pine plantations of South Alabama that I grew up with, yep. but 
uh, yeah, man, it's exciting. I'm, I'm happy to, to get back to what I know. So you and I first connected with uh, when I came on board for the network when I lived in Wisconsin yep. for the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast. We've been uh, running that thing for a while. And then just through happenstance, I end up moving back to Georgia and a lot of reasons for a lot of, in a lot of ways, that's why we want to call this podcast, the Southern roots podcast is yeah. in a lot of ways. It's me getting back to my roots. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Back to what I know. It was, it was pretty funny having a guy for, you know, and I think you're, you're still doing it, but I think the goal is to ultimately get you transferred out of with, out of the Wisconsin podcast and get someone else in there who's local. Right. But for a while right. there and still right now, you're kind of doing double duty. You're talking about the South and you're also focusing on Wisconsin as well, because like you said, you live <laughs> there. I, I do have a question for you. Is there something that you learned in Wisconsin from hunting in there uh, up in the, you know, the North, the, uh, the Midwest that, that you're excited to bring down to, to Georgia? Man, I, I think there is. Um, and I think one of the things, you know, if this is a primarily Southern audience, this should be some red meat for them. Yeah. One of the things that I did learn going up to Wisconsin is that deer hunting is legitimately just easier in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it, it just is. And I'm not saying big bucks are around every corner. I'm just saying, uh, agriculture and that may be the primary factor, right? right. Agriculture changes everything. Yep. And I know there are a lot of parts of the South with a lot of ag and hunting there, you know, I've hunted, uh, in North Louisiana in a heavy ag zone and hunting there is a lot like hunting in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, you know, even down to the size of the deer, they've got some really high quality deer down there. Um, but you know, I, I'm excited for that. I, I'm excited to bring a little bit of a, of an expanded look, I mm -hmm. think, because I've been in not only the hunting space, but like the, the hunting media kind of space. Uh, talking about the Midwest for, for quite some time. And so right. uh, excited to bring in, hey, I've got boots on the ground experience in Wisconsin. This is maybe what you're hearing about how deer bed in the Midwest or how deer feed in the Midwest or how deer patterns work in the Midwest. And here's what we see that's a little bit different, but maybe here's some of the carryover as well, because right. I think um, there are quite a few things uh, that carry over. And one of the, one of my favorite sayings over the last couple of years has, has been that deer do deer things. Yeah. You know, the context changes as to, you know, what specifically they might be betting in, yeah. but you can kind of look and say deer bed in places that provide adequate cover and keep them away from human interactions. Yeah. That's just what they do. Yeah. And so you can take that information from Wisconsin, bring it down here to Alabama and say, okay, what is that? Yeah. Where is that spot here? It may not be a cattail marsh of southern Wisconsin. It might be, you know, the edge of a of a pine stand here in, in the south. But yeah, um, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty pumped, man. Yeah. Now now I want to ask you the same question, but flip it. What did you bring from Georgia to Wisconsin? That that you know, because because I'll be honest. If I grew, I've hunted Michigan before, and they say that Michigan is, for a bow hunter who hunts public land could be some of the toughest. Uh, situational hunting that there is out there. Uh, Absolutely. Just, just from the pressure, the, the lat, like there, you might run into some good numbers, but if you're looking for a high caliber buck, it's probably not going to be there. So, right. So the, the, the hunting is harder in that, in that scenario. What makes hunting in the South more difficult versus going up to Wisconsin? And what were you able to bring from Wisconsin or from Georgia to Wisconsin? 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the whole concept of of scouting a lot, like boots on the ground scouting, even during the season, Yeah, that is just, like, that's just called normal. That's just called hunting here in the South. Yeah. And I think it's a lot because our deer don't uh, pattern in many instances, especially in some big timber settings, quite the way they do in Wisconsin. Now, yes, patterns shift in the Midwest. Absolutely, they do. Throughout the fall, as food sources change and as leaf off happens and they start to bed in different different locations. Um, but a, a normal part of the culture here is to be pretty mobile. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, there's, there's a lot of folks who are, hey, you know, here's the power line or here's the gas line cutting through the property and we just sit on the power line or gas line and wait for deer to cross. Like that's, that's also a huge part of the culture. But I think being highly mobile and doing a lot of scouting because we don't have – um, you know, a picked cornfield that's going to impact deer movement for three weeks or a month out of the year. Mm-hmm. We've got a an oak tree that starts dropping, and it may hold a pattern for five days. It may hold a pattern for 15 days. You don't know what that is, and on any given day when you show up to the property, you've got to learn it new. Yeah. Uh, because the because bedding is so uh, so easy to come by down here, you've really got – you don't have, like, that starting point of, like, look, here's the – Here's the prime bedding area, and I just have to find the food around that. Prime bedding is all over the place. Yeah. There's good bedding everywhere, and you just have to be on top of what the deer are doing at any given moment. Yeah. Yeah. So Very interesting. Uh, and kind of comparing the two again, when I – in the Midwest, you know, I'm here from Iowa, um, and when I think of tradition, I th- the, the first state – that comes to mind in the Midwest is Wisconsin. All right. Right. Just because they still, they still do that. Hey, opening week, uh, rifle season, there's some schools that are closing, right? Everybody goes out and they have their, their traditional gun camps and they'll go out hunting. But I, what really interests me is the South in general. And I'm talking not just a specific state, but I'm talking about the entire Southeast part of the United States, you know, even getting up into the, you know, the Carolinas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and even into the Virginia and whatnot, hunting was, it, it's embedded in the culture from, uh, in a way that it's not in the, um, it's not in the Midwest. And what I mean by that is in the South, just leading out of the civil war, People were hunting, fishing, and taking advantage of the outdoors like the north wasn't. And I mean, having to hunt for their food and having, you know, because up north we had we have all this agriculture. We have livestock and things like that. Prom, it's very prominent up there. And yes, there is some of that down in the south, but just not to the, um, to the, the level that the Midwest would offer. And with that said, all these people, you know, looking for protein are having to go out, hunt and fish and, and live this outdoor lifestyle as part of their survival. And so I feel like when you have that in your history, it's just embedded in your culture in general. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, subsistence hunting or however you say that, I I don't know if I'm saying the word right, but, but yeah, certainly uh, influenced where we're at today when it comes to Southern culture, uh, Southern hunting culture. And I think that uh, you know, in a lot of ways, I would say that the hunting culture is more far reaching here in the South. Now, there are a lot of things that lead up to that. Uh, a lot of the South has really liberal um, uh, 
hunting seasons, mm. gun hunting seasons. Yep. So we may not have the frenzy of opening day or op- you know gun week or whatever your nine day gun season. But boy, you better believe it when when it's gun hunting. Somebody's getting out there, or a lot of people are getting out there at some point during the season. Yeah. It may not be the diehard every weekend thing. But at some point during the season, a lot of people are going to step into the woods pursuing deer or some other kind of game. I mean, we've got gun seasons. So here in Georgia, we open up in October for our gun season, and we don't close down till January. Right. Uh, in, in Alabama, where I hunt, we open up for gun season in November. We don't stop hunting with a gun till February 10th. Yeah. So and incredibly. I think, inc- I think to take it even one step further, I think South Carolina might be the – the the state with the longest deer season because i think they go way into february they do so they go they go into february and they've got a really really long gun season as well if i'm not mistaken there are parts of south carolina that open up in august for their gun season which which is insane that's crazy. uh also in in florida um you know hopefully we've got some florida guys on here i would love to see more florida representation in the outdoor space, yeah. uh, especially when it comes to deer hunting, because unique opportunities, man, they're down there hunting the rut right now. Exactly. They're hunting a late July, early August rut. That's and so their seasons are opening up middle of the summer. In the, the nastiest you know? python infested swamps that, oh, that dude, you've ever like, seen. Yeah. How do you even, I, I can't even fathom how to, you know, hop on my airboat and make my way to my, to my deer stand. Like, I don't even understand that. But there are places in, in uh, Florida, I was working with a landowner the other day. His season extends into March mm-hmm. for deer. Yeah. Okay. We're talking a turkey season that starts in March down in Florida. Yep. So, I mean, you that is an incredibly, incredibly long season. But I think that also underlines, uh, you know, a lot of people criticize that. of Like, oh, the pressure we've got and all of that. And that is very, very true. But wow, the opportunity exactly. that we have here in the South as well. Yeah. And I think this is one thing that, you know, maybe not a lot of people, especially from up north in the Midwest and whatever, are aware of. Here in the South, if you were to be or consider yourself a traveling hunter and you really wanted to, you could travel rut hunting from August through February. Mm-hmm. And you can be hunting the rut somewhere within eight or 10 hours of where you live. And in some instances, like Alabama and parts of Louisiana, you could hunt the rut for like a month straight just within a three-hour, like three hours or probably even less. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, there's there's a rut rutting activity going on July, August in Florida. Uh, hop over to, uh, there's a little window, I believe, in northwest Alabama. But then uh, also in Louisiana, there's a September rut. Uh, lots of places in Louisiana and Alabama have small pockets of rutting activity in October. Yep. Obviously, November, lots of rut hunting activity. And then, you know, November, December, that's kind of across the southeast, or December, January is kind of across the southeast. Yeah. But then you get into February, and then, you know, you're hunting Alabama, you're hunting the Florida panhandle. You've got rutting activity on through February and into early March. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's not the same kind of rut. That you would experience in the Midwest. If it was, we wouldn't have any deer left. Uh, just, just because we're man, we're all out there hunting the rut with guns. Yeah, exactly. You know, if if the rut was as intense as it is in the Midwest, you'd have a hard time sustaining a deer population down here. Yeah, that's. A fact. Um, but but you can still be in what I consider the best hunting of the year 
within just a few hours of your home if you really want to put in the legwork to do that. Yeah. Yeah. One, I don't know how much experience you have. I'm sure you're going to have guests on that will talk about it. Um, one area of the country that really intrigues me is this Tennessee, Kentucky type area where some of the the Midwest, it's, it's, it's like the perfect clash of the South and the Midwest where they kind of overlap in that there are, there is a little ag, the deer are pretty, you know, it's good numbers, big bucks can come out of the, this area. And it's in like the foothills, if not just the Appalachian mountains. And so right. that, that, uh, Appalachian style hunting, it really intrigues me. Yeah, man, I've been, I've got a buddy in West Tennessee right now and the deer he's hunting on that property um, I mean, he might as well be in Illinois. Yeah. He might as well be in, you know, Iowa, somewhere like that. I mean, just high quality deer, like you said, really good numbers, yep. um, mix of ag, which is, you know, I, I think changes the game quite a bit on your hunting property when you've got a good, you know, 30%, 40% mix of ag, man, that changes the game yep. when it comes to your hunting style. But like you said, big bucks, good numbers. And now that doesn't mean that they produce maybe the, the number of, of big bucks that some of your Midwestern states will. Um, but the top tier of, of the, the deer in that area can certainly compete any day of the week. Right. And then, uh, man, some of that big mountain stuff, as you get into the Appalachia region, that intrigues me a lot. It also really, really intimidates me. Oh, yeah. I've been dipping my toe in it here in, uh, like North Georgia and Holy smokes, the scale. And it only gets bigger as you go further North mm-hmm. from there, North and East a little bit. The scale just gets bigger and bigger, and um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to learn more about that because, like I said, I grew up in deep South Alabama, where yeah, it's hill country, but it wasn't it wasn't quite like what I'm being confronted with now here in North Georgia. Yeah, a little bit of up and a little bit of down, but not like you know when I when I hear someone say a holler, you know, uh, you know, you hear some Southerners say, oh, I, I shot him in this holler back here. That's like, to me, that's something real steep on both sides where you hear your echo and that's why they call it a holler. It's so big. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't quite grow up with that, but there is a lot of it here. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to learn more, excited to, uh, get to pick some people's brains and really excited to be, uh, you know, back to my roots, so to speak Yeah, absolutely. and, and yeah. see what there is here. But man, you, you're no stranger to the South. Now, maybe... Now, okay, first of all, I've got to play the Mark Kenyon card at this point. Okay. So, eventually, Mark gave you enough crap to where you decided to hunt Michigan. Yep. Right? So, I'm thinking if we pressure you enough, we can get you down here to Georgia or Mississippi. <laughs> like, what? I mean, what else do you have to do in January? Uh, I can late season hunt in Iowa. Nah, you're you're done by the you're you're, well, by you're you're good. Uh, this is where I go. Enter excuse here. I don't have an excuse. <laughs> I, I don't have an excuse. I, I tell you, if yeah. you twist my arm enough, I'll come down and hunt there. I'll I'll hunt anywhere if someone twists my arm enough. And more than likely, it won't take too much arm twisting to get me to go hunt anywhere. There you go. All right, you heard it here first. <laughs> Fill up. Dan Johnson's inbox on his Instagram account right. with cries for him to hunt somewhere in the South. I don't care where you mention, just somewhere in the South. 
and uh, we'll see what we can do to get him down here. And it can't be, uh, it can't be like North Louisiana. It okay. can't be like ag ground along the Mississippi. It needs to be. It needs to be Big east pine, a little bit of there. Pine stands with no terrain features. Exactly. Okay. Pine stands, no terrain features. Uh, you know, the I want you to be hunting the kind of place where you go out during gun season and you're kind of afraid. Okay. Uh, f- for your own safety. I want. You know what I mean? How about this? <laughs> I, you. I tell you what. If you want to start doing research on places for me to hunt, I want to. I want to hunt in a location where I can potentially see an alligator and hear the ocean. Interesting. All right. Is that, is that a possible, is that a possibility? Man, I, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think we can do it. Okay. I think we can do it. There's some Island deer hunting down here off the coast of Florida. Yeah. That, uh, you know, could, could blow your mind. You have to charter a boat basically, or own a boat to get yourself to the Island to hunt it. Yeah, and um, I believe there's also like island deer on some of these barriers, uh, barrier islands that are they're not whitetails; they're like stag, uh, red red deer or something like that. Yeah, sam sambar deer. Yeah, sambar deer. Okay, they're like they're like elk sized deer. Yeah, and they are they're they're huge. Uh, success rates are really really low, and apparently there's a ton of rattlesnakes on that island. Oh, love it. Uh, so yeah, man, I think we get you down there for it. You'll I, definitely hear the ocean. I just can't imagine all of a sudden. Now I'll tell you what I did hunt Texas, uh, several years ago and I'm sitting in a tree stand and a six foot rattlesnake. I still have the footage on my phone went right underneath my tree stand. Oh, and I was dude. just like, uh, okay. All right. I, uh, <laughs> Uh, I better I better make sure the headlamps are on and I know what I'm touching every because the further south you get the more poisonous the snakes are and the more poisonous well shit the spiders I bet you I bet you the southern poison ivy is even worse than northern poison ivy it probably is man everything down here kind of <laughs> wants to kill you a little bit you know what I mean like everything down here so uh, yeah man that's one of those situations you call the you call whoever you're hunting with be like look you've got to get me some kind of crane or hoist Yep. To get me out of this stand because I'm not touching the ground after that. Right. Hey, and and I kind of to elaborate on what you were going to talk about. I lived in Alabama. Yeah. I lived in Arkansas. I lived in Alabama. I lived in Georgia. Yeah, I didn't make it down to Florida, but I lived in Georgia, Alabama, and Arkansas over the course of two years um, when I was, uh, I would say, somewhere about 25. And I got out turkey hunting in in alabama quite a bit um i did go looking for deer and i didn't find much you know i I did have a couple deer run across the road one night and i thought they were labs i thought they were like dogs that's how small they were i was like what are those things oh they're deer and then um but when i was living in georgia i was living in uh i was living in uh, the suburbs of atlanta but i wish i knew about the the suburb hunting down in Atlanta, what those Seek One guys are doing. Because uh, if I Man. knew that back then, then I'd go and not start knocking on doors and and doing what they're doing. But uh, uh, I didn't get a chance to hunt too much in in Georgia, 
although I got invited to a couple leases or uh, deer camps or whatever uh, that, you know, whatever you guys call them. And then uh, Arkansas was, I think I brought my bow down one time and I walked some state ground and I was just like, what is this place? I, I, I would have had to scout it for a full year just to understand it. And so I just, yeah. I went in kind of blind. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, um, that's probably a good, a good segue into just saying, look, if you're coming from the North or Midwest and you want to find a spot to hunt down here in the South, uh, it's a great idea, especially once seasons are closing up there. Yep. You still want to find some rutting bucks, man, come on down. We got you covered. But I think do plan to say, all right, this is not a one-year deal. Like I'm probably not going to go down there and get it all figured out in five days. It's probably going to take two, maybe even to your third year. And uh, that's really how I approach a lot of these properties. I mean, you can find really big ground down here. Yeah. You know, Wisconsin, a good size track for me in the southern part of the state was 1,000 acres. Um, you get here, you know, the public I've got down the road from me here is 30,000 acres. Yeah. So just a very, very different uh, different kind of context, and I think you gotta you gotta plan on taking a little bit more time to uh, to get things figured out. But man, how about the turkey hunting culture down here too? You mentioned you did a little bit of turkey hunting. Yeah, uh, that's it's very different than the Midwest. Very different. Uh, and so it's not. I have a feeling that a majority of the people didn't hunt like this. But the guy that took me out, he was a road hunter. All right, so he would drive shut his car off, wait a couple minutes, and then start throwing uh, crow calls out to try to get a Tom to respond. And that's how he did it. We'd hear, we'd, you know, they'd gobble, shot gobble, and then we'd go in after him. And that, that's what I did when I was down there because I was going with a guy, and that's how they did it. Now, I don't, I don't do that. Right. You know, I, I'll still use a shot gobble like an owl hoot in, uh, here in Iowa. But, you know... In Iowa, there are, don't get me wrong, in every state, there's guys who probably love deer or love turkey hunting more than, than, uh, than deer hunting. You know, Paul Campbell from the Ohio Outdoors podcast, he's one of those guys. He, he loves right. turkey hunting more than he loves deer hunting. But everybody in Iowa, turkey hunts because there's nothing else to do in April, right? But right. in our back of our head, we're thinking deer, 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 deer. It's almost like the South man people just get fired up for turkey season and they're they yeah. they take it they take advantage of those seasons and and your bag limits because i think in some of those southern states you can you can take more than one turkey uh a year in some of those oh, yeah. in some of those places and so guys are they're taking their vacations around turkey season they're going out and 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 grinding hard trying to you know hunt turkey in in several different states and me i i just i go out and do it because I can't deer hunt. Right, right. Yeah, and there is there is an element down here where it's a whole different crowd that comes out too. Like I know a lot of guys who might get out for deer once a year, twice a year. Their thing is turkey hunting. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's what their, uh, that's sort of where, where their passion lies. And, you know, we do have our fair share of, of road hunters. I'm, I'm in a lease right now actually uh, where – there's a guy who every single day of the season that I was out there, he was out there on his four-wheeler, and he would literally zip down the road, stop it, and he, it must have been five seconds before he was cranking on a box call. I mean, he was getting after it. I'm like, 
Like, dude, the the sound of your ATV is not a good warm up for right. for these right. turkeys. Uh, and he he actually messed up two separate hunts of mine uh, this year. So that was that was a bit disappointing. But uh, we have a really diverse turkey hunting culture too. So there's the old school way, the old guard way of man, you sit down, you cluck three times, and you shut up for four hours. Yeah, and you sit and wait. You yeah. know. Uh, but then there's also a lot of running and gunning. I mean, some of the some of the nation's best, I think, turkey hunters are right here in the South. And just look at, you know, look at the culture. Look at our look at our hunting companies that got their start down here. They're they're big in deer hunting now, but their start was in turkey hunting. Yep. You know, yep. that's where they really got going. Mossy Oak, Real Tree, Primos. You know, all of the. I mean, those are three gigantic brands right there that right. are all you know Southern started, Southern run companies. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, you never got to do any of the uh, any of that suburb hunting there in in Atlanta, man. But that can be pretty hot. Nope i uh, I was a, afraid of my life for my life a couple times in Atlanta. But other than that, it was uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Was it the traffic or the people that you thought were going to kill you? Uh, a little bit of both. A little bit of <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah. It could it could be either, man. Atlanta's unpredictable. I. I live in Georgia, and I try not to go to Atlanta. Yeah, I will yeah. drive an extra thirty minutes to get around it. Yeah, it, uh, it was nuts. You know, rather than it, the traffic yeah. there was nuts. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so man, what do, what do you got planned for this year? I mean, what what do you uh, what's what's on the docket, so to speak? I, I don't think it's any mystery that you're not gearing up for your big trophy hunt in Florida. No, 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 Florida trophy hunt this year. You know, this year. I applied for Kansas. I didn't get it. Um, and so I'll just have to wait, hopefully next year. But I heard there was like a 30 to 40% increase in um, uh, applicants this year Dude, for Kansas. Nobody for, get, it's like nobody got Kansas this year. See, that's the opposite of what I, everybody I talked to <laughs> oh, got Kansas, really? except for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can join the rest of us losers who didn't. Exactly. And so, well, oh, well. So I'm going to South Dakota on, on a, I, I'm using quotations here, mule deer hunt. What ultimately happens is I get frustrated chasing mule deer, and then I go back to the river bottoms and try to chase whitetails. And so um, I'm hoping I can get on some mule deer. But then, you know, back to Iowa for the rut, and depending on if and when I tag out, uh, I've been looking at public ground in, in southeast Minnesota, western um, uh, public ground in western uh, Wisconsin, western Illinois, northern Missouri, and really just trying to, I want to throw another hunt, even if it's for like a four-day hunt, like a day to drive, two days to hunt, uh, pick one of those states because all those states are over the counter and uh, just try to just try to extend my season somewhat. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, man, if you ever want to extend it, We've got some uh, we've got some long long seasons for you down here, but heck yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna do a little bit of uh, a little bit of, of Midwest hunting this year. So uh, obviously gonna hit Wisconsin again. Uh, I think I spent more days hunting in Wisconsin last year than I did when I lived there. Yeah, and so uh, you know just the way things have worked out, I've been able to make quite a few trips. And then I think I'm gonna hunt Indiana. Okay. This year. Okay. Which will be an interesting change of pace. I don't know exactly when that's going to be. It's either going to be like a mid-October hunt uh, or it's going to be like a late rut hunt, like a, like mid-November or later. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, 
but we'll see. We'll see. But then, obviously, down south, I'm going to be uh, hitting Georgia, definitely hunting Alabama. There's a chance I scoot up into Tennessee just a little bit. I've got a good buddy in Tennessee um, that's got some good ground. So uh, we'll see, man. But but definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to um, getting to cover a lot more of that. I feel like, yeah. you know, when you're on the Wisconsin Sportsman and you're telling everybody about your hunts in Alabama, <laughs> their eyes kind of glaze over. And uh, you're like, you're like, man, look at this buck I shot. He's a three year old and he scores eighty five inches. Yeah, you know, and they're they're yeah. like, mm, that's not that's a that's a yearling. It's like not not down here. Not it's down not. Here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's that, not down here. Down here, we might mount him, so he yeah. might be going on the wall down here. But um, anyway, yeah. So anyway, let let's talk a little bit about what folks can expect, man. We're gonna talk on this podcast about all things southern. I mean, we're gonna talk deer hunting we're going to talk turkey hunting hopefully we can get around to a little bit of fishing but uh what man what would you like to see i mean this has been uh, i think it was a lot of a lot of foresight on your part to you know try to get a southern based hunting podcast years ago yeah and now i'm kind of taking it up at this point what would you like to see as we uh try to keep this train rolling yeah i mean parker did a great job uh, uh, kind of spreading the wings and talking to a whole bunch of people. And obviously, uh, as far as content is concerned, deer hunting and turkey hunting kind of rule the roost uh, of what to what to expect. But one thing that intrigues me, and I, I know this is kind of, I don't want to say controversial. It might be to some. But in the South, there are some rules and regulations that really inter- interest me, and that is being able to run deer with dogs. And yes. I would love to hear a podcast about guys who do that style of hunting and how they do yeah. it. And and then, you know, the devil's advocate questions like, hey, how do you keep your dogs off properties they're not supposed to be on? And 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 how do you how do you, you know, run, you know, run, run these dogs? And how do you, you know the strategy behind that? Because um, I personally am all for any form really of legal hunting that's legal. Um and, you know, depending on who you talk to, then you start to get into these boundaries of what is legal versus what is ethical. And, right. and so I know that the guys who run dogs and, and man, we have a great supporter of Houndsman in, here on the network with the Houndsman XP podcast. And so I, you know, uh, to be honest with you, they've kind of changed my view on Houndsman in general, especially when it comes to deer hunting. I mean, if it's legal in your state, like don't bitch about it, right? Just just right. go and support these these fe- other fellow hunters because ultimately they're facing the same kind of potential restrictions on hunting that you are as well. So um, just the hound, like the the hounding side of things. I, let me ask you a question: Being a southerner, is yeah. there still some states that allow poison tip arrows i last i knew mississippi does okay uh but i don't know if that has recently changed or not okay that's another thing legal it really interests me and things like that and outside of that um man just continuing the the conversation about the culture the history of of the south you know i would love to hear some um I'm, I'm kind of a history buff, so I would love to hear the history of hunting in the South, talking about, you know, especially the especially post-Civil uh, War and, and how, right. how the culture, like how hunting was embedded into the culture. 
Yeah. No, that man, those are all really, really good topics. I mean, yeah, the, the poison dart or the poison arrowhead thing is, mm-hmm. is huge. Uh, obviously, hound, uh, you know, hunting with dogs. I mean, we grew up and uh, we were in a club for, for a good while that did a lot of hunting with dogs. And, yeah. Um, it's exciting. I'll tell you that yeah. much. Uh, I Probably not a good fit for the Midwest, no. you know, with small blocks small of timber. Course, and it yeah. would just, dude, it would just be, uh, like I mentioned earlier, you just wouldn't have any deer left. Yeah. Like they just, it just would be. But, you know, here in the South, very different context. You know, large, you know, pieces of forest that are just lots of opportunities for deer to squirt out the back or, yep. you know, around the side and, and get away. So, um, yeah, man. Well, awesome. So uh, where can folks find you if they want to hear more from you? Uh, you've got a, you've got a little podcast, right? You got a little, yeah. I mean, one? like nine finger chronicles is great, but I, 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 I just want to make sure that everybody here knows that the quality of this RSS feed, this feed that uh, Josh here is going to be taking over it it's it's the the quality of what parker has put out i can guarantee you that the quality of this of this uh podcast is not in any way shape or form going to lack and so i got full faith in josh that um he's gonna be uh he's gonna keep this uh, the train rolling on this one and you guys are gonna get a lot of awesome entertainment value out of this feed and awesome education value out of this feed as well so i personally am just really looking forward to uh uh, continuing to, to to roll the you know roll the dice here. Absolutely, awesome man. Well, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it, and uh, look forward to having you on again when you're coming down to hunt uh, the Panhandle of Florida <laughs> for uh, for those big pine tree bucks. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely.